0: podcast is dedicated to exploring the relationship between our hair, our health, and our heritage. As a clinical psychologist, hairstylist, and research scientist, I believe that there is unlimited amount of investigations that we can do on these topics. So for my first season, I am facilitating conversations with my co-authors about our research studies and I'd love to invite you to listen in as we explore the research topics, why it's important to us, and even some common myths about our work. In this episode of Psychoherapy with Dr. Afia, my special guest, Ms. Letitia Neal, and I will process our recently published article in the Journal of Black Studies entitled, Hey, Girl Friends: Hair Care and Self-Care Messaging on YouTube by Black Women Natural Hair Vloggers. To introduce you to this article, I'll share the abstract. Black women with tightly coiled hair are faced with the unique health challenge of abstaining from exercise or other self-care behaviors to maintain hairstyles that are often expensive, time-consuming, and conform with Eurocentric standards of beauty. However, recent YouTube natural hair vlogs have emerged to provide a counter narrative on do-it-yourself hair care practices for highly textured hair. Through a thematic content analysis of the top 20 viewed natural hair YouTube vlogs, findings suggest that Black women vloggers demonstrate product selection through detangling, shampooing, moisturizing, and styling their tightly coiled hair on camera, using their own lived experiences as both peer and expert to viewers. These vloggers took the role of digital storytellers to describe their personal experiences with self-care in the forms of exercise, eating healthy food, drinking water, medication use, and stress management, while maintaining healthy and stylish natural hair. Black female natural hair vloggers disrupt the myths about tightly coiled natural hair and are credible conduit for the distribution of health information aimed at reaching large masses of Black women through sisterhood-supported wellness. that was a lot that was (laughs) so I'm so excited to have this special guest with me today Letitia is a summa cum laude graduate of the University of the District of Columbia and current employee at the University of Maryland University College she's the executive assistant to the associate vice provost for the Center of Innovation in Learning and Student Success Letitia's professional background includes expertise in project coordination, travel and scheduling logistics, and correspondence preparation. She is a basketball mom <laughs> of an athletic 11-year-old, right? She's yes. 11, 11-year-old daughter, and she's also an avid social media user. So she is pursuing a career in industrial organizational psychology. And, of course, she has beautiful natural hair.
1: Absolutely.
0: (laughs) All right, Letitia. So please tell us how you began your natural hair journey.
1: (sighs) Okay. So I've been natural for almost... Eight years now. And it happened on accident. Uh, <laughs> it really did. It happened on accident. And then it was strategic after that.
0: Okay. Um, I Accident. <laughs> yes, yes, yes.
1: I went on a cousin's trip. I had my cousin do my hair. She applied way too much heat in, 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 in uh, straightening my hair.
0: Uh-oh.
1: And she heat damaged four to five inches mm. of my hair. So So at that point, I... But I didn't do a big chop. I sort of went into panic mode and and accidentally started, uh, like, protective styles. So I'd I'd put my hair in weaves. I'd braid my hair. I would put it in random twists just to try and grow it out. But I didn't know that I was actually going natural until... You know, I would wash my hair every little while, and you know, see these straggly pieces, and then mm. the rest of my hair was just curly mm. and healthy and full. And then I, I looked at it, and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense. I'm still I'm still straightening my hair. I'm taking care of it, but I'm straightening it. I'm still adding all these things to my hair." Let's just go ahead and chop the rest of this off.
0: Mm. Okay, so you kind of had a big chop and a, tra- and transition, a transition at the same time because the same. of the damage by, accident, yeah, by from accident from your cousin. Isn't that confusing? But- <laughs>
1: still love my cousin to this day okay, but she she's, she's never touched my hair ever and she's natural herself now but she, I bet mistrust
0: <laughs> that <laughs> so, okay, is okay has just... to be a very special person now that does your hair yes. but she does have a special role yes. now in your natural hair journey <laughs> um so since you've been natural for a while mm-hmm. is it really hard for you to style your hair or is it pretty much easy to be chemical and or heat free
1: it's easy to be chemical free because i now value my hair differently Not only do I value my hair, I appreciate the the patience that it's taught me. Also, I just I I love it. So so it it was a hard transition at first. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Natural hair is not cheap. It's not easy to learn your hair. Uh, I would advise things like, testing products before we're investing Mm -hmm. into full lines you know
0: so it it, it, them samples you have
1: to learn (laughs) you have to learn yourself you have to learn your hair you have to be comfortable with your hair now oh it's a breeze Mm -hmm. oh it's it's an absolute breeze the washing process is sometimes a little long but it's okay
0: okay so you got into the ritual of it
1: yes Hmm. a routine
0: so from your perspective what's the most common reason for people failing or giving up and going natural or why do some women put chemicals back in their hair after being natural
1: patience societal pressures uh uh family pressures you have this ideal or you have this person in your life that wants to see you with a certain type of hair mm. and this this eurocentric view of hair and you want to be what you think you want to be with this person so guess what you're you're loving this person more than you're loving your own self Whoa. so so with that <laughs> that might cause them to either stop their journey or lose patience with with wanting this long hair retention, or wanting the, your coils to be longer or straighter, you know, people also straight train their hair to have that. But taking time, or just learning things, or not learning about themselves at all would sort of, kind of, would sort of cause them to go straight or to go back to chemical period creamy crack. Is that what we call it? Creamy crack. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm definitely hearing you talk about learning mm-hmm. and education. Mm-hmm. Now, for you, how did social media in particular impact your hair journey? Did you use it oh, as a I, learning tool?
1: I used it as a learning tool. I used it for that. I, I, I mimicked what I saw until it worked out for me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the great thing about social media is that it's endless, so there, there's no telling who you can find. What you is you can put in something specific, like me. I'd put in uh, medium length, thin hair, uh, minimal product usage, like the the most specific topic, and you at least find one person that that has done or has gone through this portion of the journey. So,
0: so you're basically looking for yourself online. I'm looking online. for myself
1: <laughs> online.
0: Yeah, well, for this particular publication, we focus on Black women with 4C hair. Mm -hmm. So what is 4C hair, and why is it important to you that we study it?
1: Uh, 4C hair is pretty much kinks as opposed to curls. So generally in Andre Walker, he developed this hair typing system where he sort of identified various groups of hair. It's definitely, it has since expanded to include like mixtures of the different types of hair systems, but 4C hair is kinky hair, meaning not coils, it's like shapes. You could do, it could be an S, it could be a Z, whatever it is, it, it's not a traditional coil that you would see between like the twos and the threes. So, and so it was important to me because that's the type of hair that I have. And I had to learn that and learn that it acts very differently in comparison to the
0: other types of hair. There are a variety of emerging methods to investigate the topic of natural hair. How did you decide that you wanted to study natural hair through social media content? Um, Thanks to my lovely professor. <laughs>
1: She allowed me, you, know, you really allowed me to do my own thing. So you found a way or you helped me to find a way to tie in my interests with psychology, which drove the passion. So ideally, I thought I wanted to do something in marketing. And then I realized I wanted to sort of kind of do market research and I wanted to research things that impact my community. And when we thought about psychology, we thought about hair, I'm like, well, how do people decide what products to use? So, you know, of course, the project evolved a lot, but it originally had to do with product purchase placement, uh, the price, uh, all of the four Ps included in marketing. And it just sort of transformed from there.
0: Okay. So, so you really had a marketing angle to study and realize the power of social media in terms of how people actually choose the products that they use for their natural hair? Yes. Hmm. So using YouTube as your platform, maybe? Yeah, platform. Using YouTube <laughs> as your platform. How did you translate the YouTube videos into data points?
1: qualitative data. So I, I think that the, the biggest highlight for me was finding a group. And once we found the group to sort of identify common factors, and if we could identify enough common factors, we could have created a theme. And with that theme, we sort of drew our conclusions from it. So the, the qualitative data, what they were saying, what they were doing, how they operated, you know, if they allowed you into their, their personal space or if it was uh, like just a blank wall, things like that would determine or would help determine our data points.
0: So what were the most frequent topics that were discussed by Black women vloggers?
1: Products, how to manage or how to deal with their specific hair type, health, health, and health was one of the, the also the big things. So products, health, and hair.
0: Yeah, I actually have the article pulled up here in oh, the too. Journal of Black Studies. So we can even identify some of the language that people were using in some of their hair tutorials or just conversations about health. It was interesting for me. Of course, I always look for therapy-related <laughs> topics. That there were some women who would explicitly say. Jesus be a therapist, even in their hair videos, Um, or talk about the medications that they were using or exercise techniques. One of the most famous and popular 4C natural hair vloggers is beautiful brown baby doll, for Mm -hmm. example. And so she by far talked the most about Physical health. It may be too because she's a psychologist um, in her profession. But she talked about what types of planks and crunches you Type should do. Exercises. Um, how, it, how, <laughs> it, how, it, how it impacts your core. Yeah. <laughs> stress management. Even what foods to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's interesting how this data really ranged in what people talked about. But also a big thing that I noticed in some of the data in our article was about the importance of detangling and protective and patience. styles and patients. Can you talk a little bit more about the purpose of protective styles mm-hmm. and especially when it comes to 4C hair?
1: Well, 4C hair is extremely uh, brittle, if not taken care of properly. The purpose of a protective style is to protect it from one breakage, um, excessive shedding, uh, too much dryness. So there there's multiple reasons for protective style. So protective styles come in like many, many forms. So uh, generally a braid, it could be uh, a wig, it could be a weave, anything that contains your hair and sort of help to promote a locking of moisture
0: even some of the vloggers recommended what products to use. They would get very specific about using this Jessie's Curly Pudding or Shea Moisture Curl Enhancing Smoothie and actually would do the tutorial on either freshly washed, dry, and stretched hair. So these women were able to demonstrate how to do certain twisted styles, put braids into their own hair, how to pin it up, some of these women even said that it's not good to wash your hair that often. Or, especially, or detangle that or detangle often, that or, often yeah. when you have forcey hair because that can actually cause the hair to break. Mm-hmm. And they emphasize coming up with a whole routine mm-hmm. that doesn't have to be anything fancy, but just the fact that it will protect the hair.
1: I think one of the bo- bloggers even spoke to the fact that her protective styles were strategic and she didn't have a lot of videos because her protective styles would last four to nine weeks. Like that, for, for me, that's outrageous. But but if it, you know, if you like it, I love it. Uh, For me, my protective styles would last on average like one to three weeks, depending on the amount of time that I took to do it and, you know, and the neatness, because of course you want to be able to to look nice as you go out. So, you know, three weeks was pushing it, but whatever works.
0: All right. So now that we have these patterns in the video data, the natural hair vlogs, I have to ask you again, a personal question. So for the LOC method Mm -hmm. for you, Mm -hmm. so the liquid oil, the cream Mm -hmm. or conditioner, which do you personally apply first?
1: The liquid. I actually have an LCO method. So I apply my liquid, I apply the cream and then I apply the oil because I find that the oil locks it in for me and then it gives me the desired shine that i want with my style Mm
0: -hmm. yeah even a big topic on the vlogs was how to moisturize hair Mm -hmm. and so to really understand that there are certain products that should be used but also in a certain order Mm -hmm. so what are your recommendations to natural hair vloggers with tons of subscribers and viewers what do you think they should put in their videos considering this study
1: one, I do think they should link with someone like you. Um, some, uh, a psychologist with an open mind to understanding that health and hair go hand in hand. Um, the idea of lay health advising or the idea that we want these vloggers to be lay health advisors or just like first level advisors to your health and they have an impact on their community um, makes it of the most importance. So if they could, I, I'm not necessarily, maybe they can join organizations or perhaps they could you know just do their whatever works for them just share it whatever that knowledge is because I I also find that uh vloggers evolve and they evolve their platform once they've gotten a, a good list of viewers subscribers they evolve based on what the viewers need or what the viewers request so just be vigilant of the questions that are being asked and how they're answering um Try to find very slight things that they could recommend in terms of health, exercise, diet, eating habits, hairstyles, anything like that. And it would impact the viewers because their viewers obviously trust them. You know, you don't get 200 or 21 million views because no one trusts you. So that since that trust is built, they can they could use it for anything.
0: Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like you really encourage hair vloggers to use their platform to promote health. Absolutely. Since they're, they are trusted advisors to black, other Black women. Mm-hmm. And so what are your recommendations to people starting out in researching natural hair based on your experience?
1: <sighs> wow. Utilize a librarian. You know, it, when this project was definitely... Uh, a love hate thing. It evolved so many times. However, my librarians were key. It was actually a learning environment for both them and myself. And it was because you know often people think of research as independent learning, but it's not. It's a collective effort. And they know keywords to use. They know uh, the areas of the library. They like they have like a whole host of information that we no longer use because the internet is right here at the fingertips, but they know how to do a more funneled path to learning or to finding information that they need.
0: Yeah. And even since you started this project for your senior thesis back in 2016, <laughs> there's been so much research that has come out too. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like being very intentional with the keyword search mm-hmm. could be part of it. But also I think it's to mirror your journey Absolutely. in terms of a lot of students do me search, mm-hmm. identifying something that's relevant and important to them in their lives and taking a scientific approach or systematic approach to really exploring the topic further. So it's clear that healthcare professionals and black hair vloggers should have a relationship about healthcare messaging through this culturally relevant form of natural hair vlogs to cater to texture specific needs through self-affirming and sisterhood supported wellness. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was really fun. And so as always, you can follow the latest information on psychotherapy through our website, psychotherapy.org or Instagram handle at psychotherapy. But Letitia, how can listeners get in contact with you to keep up with your various projects? Oh, You
1: can email me, um, Tisha, T-I-S-H-A dot Neil, N-E-I-L at gmail.com. Or my Instagram page, iohairstudent. I uh, will definitely keep you updated. I'm hoping to work a lot more and do some more projects with you because this one was definitely fun. A, a huge journey to like self-discovery. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So, of course, if you like this podcast, please consider sharing it with your friends, family, your hairstylist, maybe even send it to a natural hair vlogger that you know or follow. Yes. So in closing, let's remember that a path to healthy hair is having strong roots.